And you're probably thinking, Pastor, I'm here at church. (laughs) I'm not the one that needs to hear this. But I think it's important to think about why we do what we do. And uh, it's great to have habits. It's great great to have good routines. But it's good to think about why we do what we do. So let's just review a little bit. And then I would like to get to the application part tonight. So these are the things we mentioned. Why go to church? Well, we go to church to worship God, to ascribe worth to Almighty God. He truly is worthy of our worship. And the Bible commands us to worship God. So when we go to a public worship service, a service of Christian worship, we are not only worshiping God, but we are fulfilling His word. We are keeping His commandment to worship Him. And yes, we can worship God privately, uh, but the Bible speaks about us as Christians uh, joining together with other people of like faith. We should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the writer of Hebrews tells us. Uh, We also go to church to support the saints, to support the community of Christians, to support the body of Christ. When we go to church, we're saying, in effect, I am identifying my life, my values, my interests, and my priorities with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is His church, not my church. It's His church, and His name is to be praised. So we need to be good stewards and good guardians, uh, good caretakers of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we go to encourage one another, to help one another. And believe you me, we all need each other's help. Uh, We need to help uh, nurture each other's faith in the Lord to encourage one another through difficult times. Number three, we attend uh, services of Christian worship. Uh, We participate in the body of Christ, the church, to honor Jesus, God's Son. Uh, After all, as I've mentioned, this is Jesus' church. So we can't say out of one side of our mouth, oh, we love Jesus and we're devoted to Jesus, and then by our actions, neglect his church. That's a contradiction. So if we really love Jesus and we're going to honor him, we need to honor the community of Christians that he inaugurated or he started uh, because of his death, burial, and resurrection. So we come here to honor the Lord Jesus. We come to remember his death and dying for us and for our sins. We remember his resurrection from the dead. We remember that he's going to come again and rule and reign in this world. We're his people, redeemed by the blood of Christ, and we're living our lives under his shepherding care. And then number four, uh, this is what we want to mention tonight and then get on to the application. We come to receive God's word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the word of God is truly our life I think of the uh, Old Testament uh, reference, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. In Psalm 119, the psalm writer also says, Lord, how I love your law. It is my joy and my delight. And I think of the New Testament reference, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, prepared and ready to pursue every kind of good work. So we are to have a very high regard for the Word of God. We need this book. That's why God gave it to us. (laughs) Because we need it. God would not have given us this book, all 66 books as we have it in our English version, uh, if we didn't need it. But we need it. And we should cherish this book. We should look to this book for wisdom and guidance. If you want to know who God is, look to this book. If you want to know how to relate to God, look to this book. Uh, This book will uh, give us everything we need uh, to relate to God and live a life pleasing to God. It will fill us with joy. It will fill us with peace. As we get to know God. Um, and so, sometimes uh, people have asked me, uh, Pastor, especially people that are going through a hard time and I'm trying to encourage them. 
Pastor, what, what, what scripture text should I read? And invariably, I'll sometimes mention Romans chapter 8. You want to be encouraged? Read Romans chapter 8. Read it slowly, read it thoughtfully, read it deliberately. Um, so there's so many passages of scripture that you can read for encouragement. Because the word of God tells us how to live. It rebukes our sin, corrects us, straightens us out. Straightens out our attitude. So the word of God is truly um, very powerful for us. I think of... Uh, First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter two verse thirteen, where the apostle Paul is commending the ancient church at Thessalonica, and he says to them, "I thank my God that when I came into you to preach the gospel, you received the word of God not as the word of men, but as it truly is, the word of God, which effectively and energetically works in you who believe." God gave us this because we need it, and you have the privilege. To come and hear the word of God expounded. Can you imagine that? You have the privilege. It's like, as, as those living in the United States, we, we, we're thankful for the privileges and the liberties we enjoy here in this country. We shouldn't take them for granted. But as Christians, we have the privilege of hearing God's word preached. Be thankful for that. Praise God for that. And at Emmanuel Baptist Church, we have two services, one in the morning at 10.30 and another one in the evening at 6 o'clock. By the way, I prepare a different Bible lesson for each service. And so those of you who only come out in the evening, by, by the way, I'm thankful for everyone who comes out in the evening, but you might consider taking advantage of the morning service if possible. I know some of you can't, but if possible, and you'll hear that message as well. And I consider it my privilege over the years to be able to study this book privately during the week and then to be able to teach God's word uh, on Sunday to you. That's a joy and a privilege. Um, And so I think we just need to remember how important the word of God is. Now, uh, having said all of this, and there's lots of other good reasons uh, why we should come to church worship services, and perhaps you'd say some of this in your own words or say it a little differently, but I'd like to move on to some application now. And I believe this application that I'm going to mention can transform our church. You see what happens? We're a small little church. We don't have a great big choir. We don't have a great big pipe organ. We don't have stained glass windows. Small. And you come every Sunday faithfully, patiently, and you listen to the same preacher. (laughs) Sunday in and Sunday out. Same person, same face. You know, and I can well imagine it might get pretty boring. Oh, if we could have lots of guest speakers in here, dynamic, you know, fired up guest speakers. Oh boy, that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, thank you, Joyce. You're just trying to be nice to me. But, but you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's so easy. You know, we come to church, and you know, every, every Sunday we every Sunday morning we have the call to worship, opening hymn, prayer. We recite a Bible verse together. We have another hymn. Then we have prayer. Then we receive the offer. And then we have another hymn. And then we take up the then we have the, 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 the Bible lesson. And then we have a final prayer and a final hymn and we pronounce the benediction and go home. You know, we pretty much do the same thing every Sunday morning. It's kind of like the same routine, even though the hymns are different, um, and, and the Bible lesson is different. But you know, I personally don't feel like I need to go home and tax myself to try to reinvent worship. Every week. We do these things because the church has done these things for, for years and years, for centuries, even millennia, because these things are important. God's grace is communicated to us through these things 
So it's easy to, to, to say, well, church is boring. Why, you know, church, yeah, yeah, church. I want to suggest four things by way of application tonight for, for what we've been discussing for the last some weeks now. Come to church eagerly. In other words, come to church with enthusiasm. In other words, when you come to this meeting, realize you're coming to a holy convocation. You are coming to a sacred meeting. Come as if there is no place you'd rather be than here for worship. And I really mean that. We all have things we have to do. We have to get up. We have to set our alarm clock. We have to go to work. We have to take care of our families. We have lots of duties and responsibilities. And all those things are important. And you should do all those things. But what I'm hoping is that the highlight of your week will be to come here to Emmanuel Baptist Church for Christian worship. I think of uh, Luke chapter 1. I think of the angelic announcement to Mary. Mary, you're going to have a child. You're going to call him Jesus. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of the overhighest will shatter you. That one who is to be born from you will be holy, the Son of God. By the way, your cousin Elizabeth is already six months along in her pregnancy. This uh, cousin who's well advanced in years couldn't have a child. So Mary said, Lord, may it be according to your word. Then what did Mary do? The text says, Mary went with haste into the hill country of Judea to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Why is that significant? Because she went with haste. What does that little word haste mean? She went with zeal. She went with enthusiasm. She went with excitement. Then the next chapter, Luke chapter 2, we have the announcement to the shepherds. There was born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So after they heard this glorious announcement and saw the whole sky lit up with, with an angel saying, Glory to God and peace on earth, goodwill toward men, what did they do? They said to one another, Boy, let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has made known to us and brought to pass. And the text says, They went with haste into Bethlehem. They went with zeal. They went with enthusiasm. They went with excitement to see what God was doing. And that's what I'm saying to all of you. You can, we can all keep coming to church the way we've been coming to church. And maybe you've been coming with zeal and enthusiasm. That's great. That's good. But come, come with an inner zeal. Come with an excitement. Come with a passion in your soul. Come with a yearning for God, a yearning for the Lord Jesus Christ, a yearning for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. I believe that's important. All right, next element of application is come primarily to give, not so much to get. Sometimes we say to ourselves, well, I don't know if I feel like going to church. I mean, what's in it for me? What what am I going to get out of it? Well, I think that's the wrong attitude. We should come primarily to give. To give God the worship, to give God the honor that he's worthy of. And if you have your Bibles and you want to look at this reference, go to Psalm 96. Psalm 96. Uh, Psalm 96, verse 7. I just put this in my notes. Um, I think we should look at this. Psalm 90, 96. 96 and verse, uh, verse 7. I move my notes over here. That would be better. Psalm 96. And verse 7. Okay, Psalm 96, verse 7. What's the first word? Give. Psalm 96, verse 7. Give to the Lord, O kindreds of the peoples. Give. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory 
do his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. So worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. In other words, give God the worship and the praise and the honor and the adoration of which he is so deserving. We come to give. Now, yes, I hope you all get a blessing out of the service. I hope you all go away feeling it was good to be in the house of the Lord. But we come to give. We come to give God our attention. We come to give God our minds. Uh, We come to give our minds to the word of God. uh, To focus on him. We come to give uh, our mouths to speak to speak praise to the Lord. In fact, I'm thinking of that uh, great hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be, 611. This is uh, speaks so much to what I'm trying to say right here. In other words, Lord, take my life. Lord, I'm giving you my life. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to you. Take my moments, my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Uh, take my hands, let them move at the impulse of your love. Take my feet, let them be swift and beautiful for you. Uh, take my voice, let me sing always only for my king. Uh, take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own, it is your royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for you. Lord, I'm giving myself to you. Heart, mind, soul, strength. I'm giving of my financial means to help support this work, which is supporting the work and the will and the cause of Christ. So let's think in terms of coming to a worship service as coming primarily to give, not so much to get for me. And by the way, I want us to all come, not just as spectators. You're not here watching uh, somebody perform. You're not like at, a, say, a football game watching uh, the players down in the field perform their maneuvers and you're not at some sort of theatrical production, you're not at a concert. You've come to worship the invisible God. And so we have to sort of make some mental adjustments here. In other words, we have to come to a worship service viewing ourselves not as spectators but as active participants. And so we have to actively and deliberately engage our minds in what we're doing here because this is not entertainment. <clears throat> uh, so we come primarily to give. Number three, moving along here, I don't have a number, I just have some uh, little uh, lines there, but come, come with anticipation. In other words, come to church with a sense of, of expectancy. In other words, come expecting something to happen. Something to happen in me. Not the other person sitting next to you on the other side of the church. But come with a sense of anticipation and expectancy that God is going to work in your life. God, work in me. Lord, change my mind. Change my attitudes. Lord, if i got bad attitudes, attitudes that are not pleasing unto you, if I'm engaging in self-depreciating thoughts, if I'm engaging in a lot of negativism, if I'm being unduly pessimistic and just being critical and cynical, Lord, deal with that. Lord, fill me with a holy joy and a holy passion for you. Uh, Lord, Lord I, I want you to work in me. I want you to deal with me. If there's things that are not pleasing to you in my life, uh, please, Lord, let me know. I, w- I want to correct those things. Um, and I want to leave with a, with a greater focus on you and not my problems. Lord, I want to leave with a new sense of profound appreciation for what Jesus did for us on the cross. I've often thought if we really appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus and his death on the cross for us and our sins, every true Christian, if possible, if physically able, 
would be in the nearest house of worship that loves Jesus every Sunday morning because of what Jesus did for them. So we need to come with a sense of uh, expectancy. We really expect God to work. We don't just uh, drag our feet into church and sort of warm a pew and, and just to sit there to oh, see what the pastor's going to say today or kind of critique the worship. No. We come with our minds engaged because we are expecting. I am expecting to God to work in me and my life. This is a sacred meeting. It's a holy convocation. The word of God is being presented. The Holy Spirit is at work. Something, something supernatural is supposed to take place here that doesn't take place in other places. So please, I want to come to church with a sense of expectancy. I want you to all come here with a sense of expectancy. I guess what I'm trying to say tonight is don't take this church for granted and don't take a worship service for granted. By the way, while I think of it, a little aside here. Years ago, we had a woman in our church. Uh, she's since gone home to be with the Lord, but we had a woman in our church named Frances. Frances, uh, yeah, she was here during my early days of ministry, and she was, uh, uh, well, uh, I don't know how to say it, just uh, filled with a lot of pain. She had arthritis. And I can just remember Frances Hamilton trying to make it up those front stairs. She had all that was in her to be able to get up those front stairs and she'd always sit in the back pew. Not because she liked to be a back row Baptist, but because it would be too hard to walk down further in the church because her body was so racked with pain by arthritis. But she came. Francis would do anything to be in church Sunday morning. And yet look at the condition she was in. And so many people, so many people, just take church for right. Oh, I need to go to church for. Ah, it's boring. Yeah, it's church. Yeah, a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, you know, I've heard all the excuses. But this is the body of Christ. Jesus died so that this little group of people would come into existence, so it would band together. And there's Christian churches all over the world, big and small, in every every nation, every language group. Praise God. So let's come with a sense of expectancy, and let's not make up excuses. It's the most important thing we can do. Let's move on to my last point of application. This is important. Come to a Christian service of worship pre-prayed. By that I mean pray before you come. If we don't pray before we get here, we're not prepared. (laughs) We need to pray. Pray during the week. In other words, be consciously thinking about, well, the the Sunday worship service is coming up. That holy convocation, that sacred meeting of the saints is coming up. And uh, Lord willing, as long as I'm healthy and well and I don't have to work and I don't have any family emergencies, I want to be there. And Lord, I want to come and I want to come with a sense of expectancy. I want you to work in my life. I want this to be real. I, w- I want the service to be life transforming. I want to go uh, mentally engaged. So Lord, I'm going to go to bed early Saturday night so I'm not falling asleep in church on Sunday. <laughs> But I want to have prayed before I come. So pray during the week. If as a last resort you haven't prayed and you find yourself driving to church, pray on your way here. Just keep your eyes open. <laughs> keep your eyes, but pray on the way here. Now what, what might you pray? Lord, I'm going to a special meeting. This is where your name is going to be honored. So Lord, lift my spirit to praise you. Lord, help me to see you in all of your glory and your power. 
Help me to have a new revision, a new vision of who you are and all of your greatness. And Lord, just, just, just work in me, change me, mold me, shape me, fashion me into Christ-likeness. Lord, I, I, I pray for the pastor. Lord, just help him to preach your word. Help him to lead the worship. Lord, just get rid of all distractions from his mind. Uh, give him health, give him energy, guide him and direct him. You know, sometimes I feel like uh, engaged in this kind of ministry that I'm engaged in, it's a spiritual battle. I mean, the devil would just love to have me distracted all week so I can't think and I can't concentrate. Just distracted by all kinds of things. Things even in the church, things outside of the church. The devil would just love to have me be busy running all around so I just don't have that time to just, just be quiet and to be still. And just to read and focus on the Word of God, which is oftentimes the most joyful and peaceful times I have in my life. When I can finally get quiet and be still and get rid of all the distractions and all the running around and busyness that I do. So just pray, just pray, God, just guide and direct the pastor. Strengthen him, guide him, direct him, be with his family. And Lord, just just be with other people as they come too, Lord. May other people be enriched through the preaching of your word. Lord, you know our needs and... And Lord, you know the, the different needs and the struggles of every person in the church. Lord, so just, just Lord, just meet the needs of every person as you see fit. From your vantage point of, of from eternity and, and being all wise. So I just really want to emphasize, we need to pray before we come here. If we don't pray, we're not prepared, we're not ready to be here for the service of Christian worship. And again, I get back to the idea that I started off with. You know, we, 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 come, we kind of do the same thing. Every week. There's a certain routineness to this. But it can be very routine if you make it routine. Or it can be exciting if you make it exciting. Now, why would it be exciting? Because God is exciting. You know, none of us know God completely. And none of us in our lifetime, even if you live to be 100, 120, and you study your Bible every day, you'll never have God all figured out. You'll never be able to say, well, I I know God inside out. In fact, I know more than God knows. (laughs) You'll never be able to say that. We will still be learning and growing in our relationship and in our understanding of God and the great salvation we have in Christ to the day God calls us home or the day we die. So there's nothing boring about God. So let's not be bored with church. So I trust you'll take all of these... uh, You might say action steps to heart. And let's really transform the way we do church and how we gather together here so that God will be active and working in all of us for his glory and his name will be praised. Because after all, when we're here, the Holy Spirit is present. God's word is going forth. There's no reason why great things shouldn't happen in our lives to his glory and to his praise. Let's pray. Lord God, we bow before you. And Lord, just forgive us if we have attended church services and we didn't have the right attitude or we didn't have the most noble attitude. Let's put it that way. And Lord, I just pray you'd you'd change me. Begin with me. And help me to come to all of these services eagerly, enthusiastically, ready to lead, ready to preach, ready to to do what you've called me to do here, Lord. Lord, help each of us to to be that way. Help us to come with a sense of uh, anticipation, ready to give, being excited about what you're going to do in each one of our lives. Lord, may our hearts and our minds always be wide open to you. And may we come desiring you, yearning for you, yearning for your work and your grace and your mercy and your intervention in our lives. And Lord, may we come pre-prayed. May we just take time to pray 
about the upcoming worship service during the week. Or even on Sunday morning as we're getting ready to come here. Or Sunday evening as we're getting ready to come here, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that we would just be mindful that there's nothing routine about this. There's nothing nothing, uh, just simple about this, Lord. And we're involved in a spiritual battle here as well. Help us to keep that in mind. So, Lord, bless each and every one of us that are here tonight. Help us to be faithful and have great joy and delight in attending uh, Christian worship services. And may we always have that attitude to pray your great and glorious name. Uh, We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And we'll sing our final hymn. One of the great blessings we have as Christians is that God is leading us. The Lord Jesus Christ is leading us and guiding us and directing us. So the hymn is 407. Hymn number 407. All the way my Savior leads me. So let's stand as we sing. We'll sing uh, all three stanzas of 407. 407. Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I tell his tender mercy? Oh, for life has been my guide. Heavenly peace, divine his comfort. Hear my faith in him to dwell. For I know what here befall me, Jesus do his all things well. For I know whate'er befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. All the way my Savior leads me, cheers each winding path I tread. Gives me grace for every trial, feeds me with the living bread. Though my weary steps may falter, and my soul the thirst may be, gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see. Gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see. Savior leads me overfulness of his love. A perfect rest for me is promised in my Father's house above. When my spirit clothed immortal wings its flight to realms of day, this my song through endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. This my song through endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. Amen. You are dismissed. God bless you. Have a good week.